This is Shelby Hansen, and you're listening to episode 29, How We Deal With Emotions. Welcome to the Creating Your Beautiful Life podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Hansen. I'm an invisible illness warrior, kidney transplant recipient, mom to four, and life coach for people who have gone through incredible health challenges. On this podcast, I teach you how to move forward from difficulty and disappointment into joy and abundance as you take charge of creating your own beautiful life. Hey everyone, how's it going? I was recently talking to a few of my clients and I recognized how important it is to understand what happens when you have an emotion. Now, we're experiencing emotions all day long. Sometimes you might not think that you're experiencing an emotion because you feel quote unquote normal, but I guarantee it is an emotion of some flavor because you can't turn your brain off. Your brain is always having thoughts, always creating your emotional state, and you might be used to a certain emotional state, and that might be a level of comfort or discomfort for you that you're used to. And I wanted to talk about what happens when you have an escalated emotion and how we deal with it as human beings. If you remember, I've talked about before the motivational triad, where there's three things that our brain is always doing to try to keep us safe. Our brain wants us to avoid danger, to conserve energy, and to seek pleasure. And when you feel an uncomfortable emotion, sometimes your brain comes up with ways to try to get rid of the emotion that are actually not very helpful. We've been told as a society, don't let them see you cry. Don't cry. If our kids come up and they are having a hard emotion, like if they fell down, we're like, oh, okay, you're okay, you're okay, don't cry, everything's fine. I know I did this so much for my older kids before I learned about this work. And so I wanted to share with you three ways that our brain likes to solve for emotions to make them, quote unquote, go away, the uncomfortable emotions, and how you can actually help your body understand that emotions are not dangerous, that your body is a safe place, and to allow emotions to do what they were always meant to do in your body. So I want to also point your your mind back to the model that I'm always thinking about in the back of my mind. I have a situation. I have an opinion about the situation. Whatever I'm thinking about that situation is creating my experience. My thought about that situation creates my feeling, that emotion, and then that emotion drives my action. And whatever actions I take, will give me the result. So let me give you an example. If my son has just made chocolate chip cookies, he started a chocolate chip cookie business, so it's really cute. He's in high school and he's found out that if he makes them the day of and they're warm, that he can sell them pretty quickly to the people in school. Beside the point, if my son makes chocolate chip cookies, but they're not on my eating plan for that day, I might see the cookies and think, I really want one. And so if I'm thinking, that looks really good, that thought that looks really good creates an emotion in me. That emotion is desire. I have a a desire for that cookie. So from that desire, I'm most likely 
going to go get a cookie and take the cookie. And my result is I make that choice really enticing and I want to do that again and again. And I have not diminished or decreased my desire for that chocolate chip cookie. And if it's not in line with my health goals, then I'm getting further and further away from my health goals. But my son making the chocolate chip cookies did not create the desire for me. Me thinking, that looks good. I want one of those. That thinking is what caused the emotion of the desire. Okay, so I'm going to give you some other examples of what can happen when you have an emotion. The first one, and the one I think we're taught the most in our society, is that we're supposed to avoid feeling emotions. Don't get too emotional. Don't let people see that they've ruffled your feathers. I feel like that is the kind of messaging that we are given growing up. And I think that I even give that to my kids. I'm so much better at it now. But early on, I was like, no, 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 no. That's not a big deal. Don't worry about that. Just avoid it. One example for this is if I am in my house and I see clutter all over the floor, on desks, whatever, on the counters, and I start to feel guilty, well, it's not the clutter that's making me feel guilty. It's me thinking, dang, I should have picked that all up. And then I feel guilty. If I want to avoid feeling guilty, I might turn on my phone and start looking at my phone and avoid looking at the clutter around me. I might leave my house might do anything to just avoid feeling that guilty. Or I might even try to talk myself out of feeling guilty because I don't want to feel guilty. Guilty feels uncomfortable, feels a little scary. The second way that people deal with emotions is to resist them. So I think about my daughter, if she's going to go do her homework, sometimes she feels frustrated and the homework is not causing her frustration What she's frustrated by is the thoughts that she has about her homework. Like, this is too hard. I'd rather be doing something else. And so she just resists feeling frustrated because she doesn't like feeling that way. Resist it, resist it. And it builds up and it gets bigger and bigger and harder and harder for her to finish that homework. I also like to think about resisting an emotion. I've used this analogy before. Just pretend that you're at Some body of water could be a lake or a river, the ocean. You're standing in the water and you've got a big beach ball and you try to take that beach ball and push it underneath the water. If the beach balls are emotions, you're pushing that beach ball under the water and you can do it okay for a little while, but eventually that beach ball is going to pop right back up. You think that you can get rid of your emotion just by pushing it under the water, but the problem is, is that it will always come back up. Okay, the third way that people deal with emotions to try to get them to go away is we react to them. So for example, if say there was dishes in the dishwasher and my kids have a job of unloading the dishes. Those are very neutral facts. Dishes are in the dishwasher. Children are watching television or whatever they're doing. But I'm feeling upset, not because of what they have or haven't done, but because I have this whole story, all of these thoughts that my kids should do their chores. I shouldn't have to tell them that many times. They should know what to do. And so when I feel this emotion of upset, if I'm reacting to that upset, 
then I might yell at my kids thinking that that's going to help get rid of my frustration and my upset is if I yell at them and I start to angrily put the dishes away and I react to that upset, that that's going to get rid of the upset. It doesn't work that way either. So let me introduce you to the fourth way, which is allowing an emotion. Now, allowing in essence does help you to quote unquote, get rid of the emotion. But anytime you're feeling like you want an emotion to go away, that's a form of resistance or avoidance. And so allowing it is really coming to terms with whatever emotion you're experiencing and being fine with it being there in your body. Now, I've done this a lot with shame and with fear. I've done it with disappointment. These emotions are not super comfortable ones that I like, but it's never as scary to actually feel the emotion as it is to think about feeling the emotion, think about allowing the emotion. So when you have a thought, there are neural centers in your brain that are being lit up, neural pathways that are being activated. And the more you think something, the stronger that pathway gets and the quicker the reaction is for the neurotransmitters to send chemicals throughout your body. And the chemicals are sent through pulses and vibrations. We know that there's certain chemicals that are released when you feel certain emotions, such as stress, we know releases cortisol. Now, we don't know all of the chemicals that are released for each individual nuanced emotion, but that's why I like to think about emotions as a vibration in your body. It's a sensation that's happening in your body. Now, the easiest way for me to describe how to allow an emotion is one of my favorite techniques that Corinne Crabtree uses, and she calls this NOW. It's an acronym, N. O-W. And the acronym for allowing an emotion stands for notice, open, and witness. So the first thing to do when you find yourself having a reaction or trying to avoid or resist an emotion that's feeling out, out of normal, feeling a little bit escalated, the first thing to do is to notice, hey, I'm having an emotion. I'm feeling a feeling. The second thing is to open yourself up to it. So often when I'm feeling an uncomfortable emotion, I tend to contract in. My shoulders go in a little bit. I get tight. I have tension in my chest, my jaw in the back of my throat, my tongue. The back of my tongue kind of sticks to the to the roof of my mouth. I feel this tension and this constriction. And that's when I know for myself that I'm resisting an emotion. So after I notice that there's something happening in my body, I will open to that emotion by physically opening my shoulders, relaxing my jaw, letting my tongue lay slack in my body, in my in my mouth. And starting to breathe into that emotion, breathe into the sensation. And witnessing is actually describing what's happening in my body during that sensation, during that time. So I will tell myself, I feel the sensation in the center of my chest. Feels like a sucking in. 
For me, that one's shame. I always know that one's shame. Or I will feel a little, like, I'll feel a constriction in the back of my throat. And that one's fear. And so as I allow it to be present, I'm telling it, hey, it's okay for you to be here. I'm just going to allow you to be here as long as you need to. I'm just going to keep breathing into you. And I pay attention as part of that witnessing. I'm paying attention to what does it feel like? What does it taste like? What does it sound like? What is the texture? What's the color? I ask myself all of these questions to really get a handle on something that's intangible and bring that intangible into a tangible way for me to understand it more, to witness it. And as you do that, I have a previous episode that talks about the gifts that you get from processing and allowing uncomfortable emotions. But if you have had an emotion like shame or fear or disappointment, it's been taking up so much of your body space if you've been resisting it or avoiding it or even reacting to it. And so once you allow it to be present in your body and you don't bring fear to it anymore, you bring acceptance, allowance, love to it, it gives space for more emotions to start to come in. And so that's the really beautiful thing is this emotion, whenever I'm feeling it, if it's uncomfortable, I'm feeling it to understand myself a little bit more. And each of those uncomfortable emotions has a message for me and it's going to leave space for more emotions to be able to come in. Okay, I hope that this episode has helped you to understand what's going on with your emotions just a little bit deeper, a little bit more clarity over what's happening in your body. Because especially if you've gone through something traumatic with your body or something very challenging, it's easy to feel betrayed or frustrated by your body. And when you start to understand that this is chemically, biologically, how our bodies work with emotions, it allows you to start to trust your body again, to start to trust that you can rely on your body again. Even if you've been through some really terrible health challenges, you may not have control of what is what the process is, even disease processes in your body, but you are going to have control over how you will treat yourself the entire time, how you're going to bring self-compassion to that experience or how you can bring courage to it. And that's going to be the next episode. So I'm really excited to share that episode with you as well. All right. Have a great week and I will see you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're looking for a life coach to work with, what are you waiting for? Let's get coaching together today. I hope you have a wonderful week as you take your power back on creating beauty wherever you go.